the economy is getting back underway. And with it, the world of pro sports. Stay ahead of the curve with the unparalleled tools of two world-class news desks covering developments across finance, economics, technology, and sports. Be sure to subscribe to Bloomberg.com. And if you are not already an Athletic subscriber, for a limited time, receive a complimentary subscription to The Athletic. Go to Bloomberg.com slash subscribe to sign up today. Welcome to the Seahawks Man to Man podcast, powered by The Athletic. Shout out to the company. My name is Michael Sean Dugar. I'm here with my co-host, Christopher Kidd. Make sure you follow us both up on the Tweet Machine. You can follow me at Mike Dugar. That is M-I-K-E-D-U-G-A-R. I'm verified, so if you didn't catch any of that, just look for the blue check. Chris, talk to him. What is up, everybody? It's your boy, Christopher Kidd. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at C-K-I-D-D-206, and that's C-K-I-D-D-206. Chris, the Seahawks had a mock game today, Wednesday. Uh, I was going to talk about it with you and with our listeners. Um, and then the Milwaukee Bucks happened, right? Then the NBA happened, and then the Mariners happened, and then um, I think I think there's going to be cancellations in soccer and, and, and the WNBA and tennis. Like, it's athletes across the, across the world. Uh, Wednesday decided enough is enough, starting with the Milwaukee Bucks uh, striking – uh, on Wednesday, say, hey, we're not going to play our playoff game. And then every NBA team said, we're not going to play ours either. And the Mariners decided not to play Wednesday night against the Padres. Just protests all over the country. Obviously, this is stemming from uh, an yet another police shooting that has gone viral. I think the uh, when these go viral, that's important to note because these happen all the time. Everyone, All athletes and stuff just aren't you know up on them, just like regular human beings aren't up on every time you know black person gets shot by the cops. The most recent one... Um, Happened in, do you know how to say it? Oh, Kenosha? In Wisconsin, uh, <laughs> not too far from Milwaukee is my understanding. Um, young man by the name of Jacob Blake shot seven times in the back by police. I don't believe police have been identified. I believe they've been placed on um, administrative leave. You got the name? I'm pretty sure it's Kenosha. Let's go with that. Kenosha, Wisconsin. Uh, and it's just another one. I mean, you guys have probably seen the video. I haven't. I can't really bring myself to watch these things anymore because it'll get me unnecessarily angry. Have you seen the video, Chris? Unfortunately, I've seen the video one too many times, and it's sickening. It's words don't really put into how I feel. There was no weapon found. He was just going to his car just probably to blow some steam and just try to recoup, and they decided to follow him and fire seven rounds into this man just because, pretty much. Uh, I mean, yeah. there are other measures you can take. Tasing is number one. If he's not responding, just tase him. That'll that'll get his attention real quick. But no. Let's just kill you. Not kill you. That's the, that's paralyze. Right. I don't know if I said police killing. He, Jacob is alive. Yes. Just, he's just, just paralyzed from the waist down. That's right. I'm glad he's alive, but yeah, I mean, me now he is paralyzed from the waist down. And... There's nothing, there's no words that can be said to quantify what is happening around the U.S. I mean, I, it's it's sickening. I, it, word, like As I said before, I don't have much words to put into how I feel. But seeing this happen again, it's, you get tired of it. Oh, you yeah. Get, yeah, you, you do. 
Yeah. And that's the sentiment from the players and just black people in general. But, I mean, this is a sports show, so that's what we're going to focus on. Um, and it, it, enough is enough, right? That's what uh, Jamal Adams, Seahawks safety, quote tweeted. It's a, uh, he quote tweeted a uh, remark from LeBron James. All right, I, I think LeBron's uh, tweet has some profanity in it, so I won't say it. But, yeah, he said enough is enough. You know, and that's just kind of where it's gotten to. Um, Kenny still said he was ready to explode, you know, at practice. He was just angry. He just overcome with anger. And it reminds me of something that Dwayne Brown, Seahawks left tackle, told me in 2018. We were having a conversation about race and police brutality and injustice. Does any of this sound familiar? <laughs> Two years ago, we were having this convo, and he said it's a full-time job to be socially aware. To watch a video of someone get killed or, or read the story of it and then have to go to work and focus on his O-line duties, right? That's the, that's, that's the struggle. That's this one Fred Van Fleet of the Toronto Raptors is having. That's the one George Hill of the Milwaukee Bucks is having. That's one Jalen Brown of the Boston Celtics is having. And that's what D. Gordon of the Mariners is having. And athletes all over the country and black people all over the country. And eventually, as it pertains to the athletes, you have to decide. All right, I do have a full-time job. It is to play basketball or play baseball or whatever it is. I also have a job as a black man with a platform uh, to stand up for what's right and stand against... um, what is wrong and those two th- there's a dilemma there that, that they're grappling with and I think uh, it's very important because it's not one everyone can necessarily relate to or necessarily understand and I thought the NBA players demonstrated that well and I think even uh, Shaquille Griffin today who spoke to us uh, after the mock game kind of put it in in his version of those words it's just like the difficulty that they're having right now as players here's, here's Shaq today after the mock game like I said, there's some people that's kind of veering away from it because sports is back, and which we all need. Don't get me wrong. I feel like we all need sports. You know, I missed it. Everybody else missed it. But it's a really touchy uh, subject. And right now, the only thing I can do is continue to show awareness. You know, I feel like right now, the only thing I can continue to do is speak upon it, um, keep people informed that what's going on is not right. And we got to continue to find ways to move on from that and kind of fix it. So right now, you just got to use your platform, make sure people never forget. And see, Shaq wants to play sports, Chris. He wants to. That's what he does. He's an athlete. He knows you can't, you have an obligation, whether that's to protest or boycott or, in his case, just like he was saying, use your platform. You have to use it, though. And struggling with that, how do we use it, right? Like, you know, I think Shaq said something else today that I thought was really important. He said it's tough because you kind of figure out ways to help but still do your job and do it the correct way. Right, like how do you how do you do your job as an athlete while also doing your job as a black man? It's very tough, and you we've seen black athletes struggle with how to handle that for years. Mostly the problem you know, we've seen Muhammad Ali handle it a different way than than like a Jim Brown who handled it a different way than a Michael Jordan who's handling it a different way than a Kobe Bryant who's handling it a different way than a LeBron James or whoever, right? Are uh, handling it completely different, all than like a Tiger Woods or an O.J. Simpson. Like there's plenty of ways. People balance their job as a black man versus their job as an athlete and a public figure, not just an athlete. These guys all have a big, big platform. And it it got to the point today, I just, I don't even know how to segue it, but I just want to play what Pete Carroll had to say today because I thought that was very, very important because he's like, he's the CEO of the team. And if we want to know the pulse of the team without hearing from specific guys, we only got Shaq today after the the mock game. Um, I think he him kind of giving us the state of affairs within the locker room today uh, and honestly just mixing in how he felt you know because at the end of the day he's not just a ceo he is just a human being um so this is what pete carroll had to say after the mock game as well when asked about the protests and black lives matter and how his team is, is doing the one thing we're not is we're not numb to it we're, we're we're in tune and the guys are feeling it 
and it's topical, and we know that we have to do something. Like everybody that cares on the right side of this whole issue, uh, you, you worry that you don't, you can't do enough. You worry that you can't, you know, be effective enough and, and to, to create the change that you need, to, that we need. And th- there it is again. There, even with with Pete talking about how you know, kind of everyone is feeling in the locker room. Uh, you know, he said, we, we're worried that we can't do enough. You know, you worry that you can't get the change you need. Oh, that's And they feel like they have to do something. That's that's it, mostly the most important part. The, the need to, the, the feeling that you have to act, right? But you don't want to act uh, in, you know, contrast with your job, right? And that, that's that's very tough. And there's no real right or wrong way to do this, uh, Chris. And that's why I think... You know, if I had advice for the prote- protesters, strikers, you know, I don't wouldn't call it a boycott. Um, I would call it a strike more than anything, or refusing to participate, however you want to word it. The The difficulty in doing these things as a team is because you get a lot of guys in the room who I'm sure, I haven't been in the room, obviously, but I can figure it out. Like, okay, if we don't play this baseball game or this football game, how is that going to end police brutality, right? That's their big picture thought. Like, even if some fans are like, okay, what is not playing going to do for this, right? And that is, depending on where you're coming from on it, it's a legitimate question, right? And that's the apprehension of a lot of part of players, coaches, whoever. And I, and I understand that, and it's a tough thing to, to get to. And that's why the important part is, okay, A, you sit out part just to prove that you will right because that's the what the owners need to see and anyone needs to see this like you, it's not just a threat it's not just a t-shirt or a hashtag or a couple pictures on your instagram page or your team account no we will shut it down if we need to right and then if you do shut it down have a plan right i read the milwaukee bucks statement today they basically they said we demand accountability for the officers that, that shot jacob right you have to have something attached to it um, whatever that is, I don't think there's a right or wrong. You can say, "Hey, we won't we won't play again until they're uh, prosecuted or charged or arrested." In some of these cases, guys who shot Breonna Taylor aren't even arrested. Um, you can say till they're actually in jail or whatever till they're fired. However, you want to put something on it. You know, I think there has to be something there. You have to be willing to refrain from work until it's met. Otherwise, you're going to you get your bluff called by the owners of the league or, or whatever, and that's the next important step. And that's why I'm sure the Seahawks want to be careful about it um, because you have to have that, like, tangible item attached to it. Um, that was something people were asking Colin about in 2016. Uh, I will point out this is kind of not ironic, but, Chris, you know, this day four years ago is when Colin first sat. No, excuse me. It's not when he first sat. It's first when we uh, first, like, made it known why he was sitting and doing everything, like, really – set it off. I think he had sat in the other games before no one noticed or asked him about it. Um, but he, people were asking him that. Like, okay, how is you kneeling going to change this thing? It's like, he wanted to get the conversation started, which he did. Um, and then, when we get the conversation started, we can get the change. And I feel like what Pete was saying there, it's like, guys feel like they can't do enough without jeopardizing, you know, who they are as an athlete, their obligation to the Seahawks or, you know, to the Mariners or the Bucks or the Lakers or whatever it is. And that's tough. But you have to, you have to have something. That's where leadership is really important. You know, I think George Hill, maybe it was Fred Van Fleet. You see him, the Raptors. Uh, I think it was Tuesday night. Said something to the effect of, "Okay, what if we sit out and we're playing the Bucks, and then we force the the owner of the Bucks to put some pressure on the government in Wisconsin, and then we get some action?" Right? He said, "I know it's not that simple." Yada yada yada. But there was something to that. 
It's that like sports owners are very powerful people. Um, you know, you got pol- politicians and prosecutors and uh, district attorneys. They love sports, right? They don't want they don't want their sports taken away. Just like the fans don't. If you put it puts the public pressure on them, right? Even if you're just doing it to appease the players, like okay, cool, we'll we'll arrest them so you we can get this Laker game. Cool, they're arrested, right? Like that's the that's the the change we're trying the action there. I don't I don't necessarily know aside from demanding uh, accountability. Uh, for the police officers that shot Jacob, which the Bucks did, I don't know if there's been uh, something on the part of the Mariners or whatever, but I think that's that's the next step here. This is a good first step, right? The next step is saying, hey, we'll play again if y'all do this. Y'all do this, and, and we're good. Whatever the this is, because you can't just be blanketly just like, all right, as soon as Black Lives Matter again, we'll play. I mean, you could. That just won't work, but... There's there are steps in between there where these strikes should be very powerful because like even now before we recorded Chris I saw that the Mariners are just gonna play two double headers on Thursday right that that defeats the purpose other than letting it be known that you'll shut it down that's important but the big part of it is like all right if you're just gonna not play Wednesday put out a statement and then just play twice Thursday what are we doing yeah right? like what are we doing you 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 gotta have be willing to stand on like something and like stand for it and be willing to stop work, stop going to work for that. And I don't know how ready these guys are to do that, uh, but this is the the first step of it. And I am very proud of the guys who took that leap because it is very dangerous to do that. It's very scary. Um, it's really, really hard. And it's when you're on that platform and you got the people. I mean, like, read the mentions of, like, D. Gordon right now. Read the mentions of Nasami Osaka. Uh, maybe I messed up her first name. But, uh, like, read read her mentions right now. Like, read, you know, people, LeBron's. It's not just the most welcoming place in the world. Like, it's a very scary thing to put yourself out there like that. And I commend those guys for doing that. Uh, I respect them. And my advice to them is, like, what Eric Reed tweeted Wednesday as well. Said, hey, don't let the, don't let the message be co-opted. Keep it straight. We're demanding justice. We're, de- we're, we're against racism. We're against white supremacy. Do all of those things. Make those demands and say, we will not play until we get these things that get us to where we want to be. Yeah. And then we'll get out there and play some ball or whatever. I remember listening to Bill Simmons' podcast, and he was mentioning that he interviewed the, the, the great Bill Russell, and they were talking about, he was explaining to him that he still doesn't know to this day if they made the right decision back in 1968 when Martin Luther King was assassinated on April 4, it was the NBA Finals. It was the Boston Celtics going up against Wilt and the Lakers. Mm-hmm. And, of course, news doesn't travel like it does today. Right, right. You can only imagine when they found out the news, it was probably an hour before game time. I, I don't remember the exact details that Bill Simmons regurgitated from Bill Russell. Russell. Yeah. But, long story short, they end up playing the game. Right. And to this day... Bill is like Bill. Bill Russell doesn't know if they made the right decision because mm-hmm. had they not played that game after MLK was assassinated, that could have been a change of history right then in 1968. Yeah, and that was a hell of a year, <laughs> right? And you look at today, you look at today, and the NBA had an opportunity. I would say maybe in June, when players were opting out, well not opting out, players were deciding if they're going to go to the bubble or not. Yeah, they were opting out. Yeah, yeah. Okay, opting out, making a decision. Okay, yeah, Kyrie I'm, did. I'm going to go. Yeah. I'm not going to go. And when I heard Bill Simmons talk about that, I was thinking, man, this could be that same moment that the NBA players have now 
And in my head, I'm thinking they probably should take a stand and say, we want these things to happen before we come back and play, which you just alluded to. Yeah. And unfortunately, it had to become another victim, African-American male, that was shot seven times for the NBA players to say, all right, we're suspending these games. We're not playing tonight. And hopefully they have a plan moving forward. Right. That way we can actually see change. As you mentioned, hey, we want to see Breonna Taylor's killers arrested. Right. We want to see. They're not even arrested. That's so crazy. But go ahead. Go ahead. They, they want, we want to see these things before we step on that court again. And I think that would be a huge message. And I would love to look back 40 years from now and say the NBA players of 2020 made a great decision right before the second round of playoffs. Some are ending in the first round. You have all these series going on, and they made a pivotal statement that we want to see A, B, and C before we move on and continue our season. We think this is way more important than us scoring buckets, which everyone loves and enjoys, but now is not the time to be distracted. We actually need to pay attention to what's going on. Yeah, I think like even Kenny Stills of the Texans said, you know, football is a distraction. Um, I think D. Gordon of the Mariners said – Instead of watching us, we hope people will focus on the things more important than sports that are happening, right? Like, it's these are distractions from the movement. And Kyrie Irving this year was like on, just saying, like, he was like, yo, why are we going to Orlando? We got other stuff to worry about. You yeah. Know, Maya Moore took the step herself uh, a few years ago, I think. She didn't um, play until. Uh, she still hasn't played. And uh, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. I forget when she started, but she still hasn't played. And, it, like, trying to get my man out of, out of jail, who did get out of jail. I can't remember his name right now. Is it Julius Jones? Can you look that up for me, please? Uh, uh, I, I want to get. Him a shout out here, uh, but like it's it it is a very hard decision. I would have told Bill Russell and them in 1968. Well, yeah, I would have told them like to look back, like yo, if you guys are gonna do that, um, you have to have some type of act, like say Jonathan Irons. Why am I thinking of someone? Oh, I might be thinking of the guy at uh, Oklahoma. Yeah, um, Jonathan Irons. Okay, yes, got him out of jail. Uh, but to go back to what I would tell these guys in 1968 is that you they have to have a plan. Like, all right, cool. We said that was MLK's assassination. Mm-hmm. Like okay, we won't we won't play again. The finals won't start again until we find out who killed MLK and he's arrested, he or she. But we we know he now. But like at the time, like that that type of thing is important to have here, and it's a, it's a hard thing to come to because everyone has to agree too. Like all these guys are a team, so they're gonna want to feel like we got to do this as a team. Like if you got fifty three guys in the locker room, like right now teams have like seventies or so. Backtrack. You're right. Julius Jones is his name. Okay. I don't know where. I, I sorry. The headline's very misleading. Okay, you, you can't search every news headline that pops up. All right, cool. I, th- I thought I did. I read a big story on ESPN about it. It was really good. Anyway, uh, it's very hard for players like let's say there's 80 guys in Seahawks locker room. Let's say it'd be 53 or 55 on game day, right? Like you, one, you have to get everyone to be on board with boycotting or sitting out or striking. Then you have to get everyone to be on board with the actionable item, right? You're gonna have some dudes in the locker room who don't give a damn about the guys, Jacob the police that shot Jacob Blake being arrested or charged. Same thing with guys about Breonna Taylor or George Floyd or, you know, Ahmaud Arbery or whatever it is. You're going to get guys in the locker room who are like, I don't really care about these officers. I want to play, right? So it's, it's hard to get everyone on board. You have people from different walks of life. Like the same things people love about sports. You, you know, Chris, you'll hear it is. Yeah, you know, it brings people together from all walks of life for a common goal, man. It brings them together for something that ultimately isn't that important. For three hours, and then it's back to whatever life they were living. Yeah. How they were treating people. Right, like, people, like, you can, yeah, you guys came together, but what did you come together for? Touchdowns? Touchdowns aren't important. 
wins aren't important. Super Bowls aren't that important in the grand scheme of things. Like you guys, it's not like you guys came together for the love of it. Or you guys came together, maybe you ended up loving each other later. But like these are the things that you really need unity on. You're not gonna have it. You're not gonna get 53 guys in every locker room in the country caring about the guys who shot Breonna Taylor. It's just not. And that's that's their prerogative. But that's the difficult part about it, which is why I commend the guys who were able to get it done as a team. And I, I my, my fingers are crossed that they take the next step of this. And that's what I'm uh, hoping. And that's why I brought up that Bill Russell and Bill Simmons point because Bill Russell still doesn't know to this day. And that's scary, knowing that he had the opportunity. But because of some of his white teammates, they wanted to play, as you just alluded to. They didn't care about MLK. Who is he? Who is he to us? We want to play basketball. We are on right. the brink of winning a championship. I think that might have been – I don't even know how many championships they had won at that point. But they had a chance to win again, and mm-hmm. that's how some of the players felt. And the black players are on the line thinking – on the fence thinking, man, they just killed MLK, someone that meant a lot in our community. Arguably the most – Fighting for – just our rights, just to be equal. Yeah, that's arguably most, the most important American ever is Martin Luther King, and it's crazy. And yeah, that's 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 the big point there. Uh, I want to I want to end on on this this particular topic again. I commend the athletes who have done this. I understand we shouldn't pressure the athletes to uh, protest or not. Like it shouldn't be up to black people to fix racism. As one. my teacher always said to me, Chris, you do what you think is right. Not that anything else you're doing is wrong, but you have a decision. The choice is yours. If you want to get up and do this and that, be my guest. If the players want to sit out and make a statement and say we're not going back until these things happen, good. If they don't, we're kind of back at square one where... But see, that's where, that's where I think this is very important, too. I'm going to say two things before we, we close out. I want to say a little bit about um, the mock game they actually did have. Uh, one, it's not black people's job to fix racism. It's not the athlete's job. right? That's why the obligation... That black that's placed on black athletes is so like unfair, which is why a lot of them I think run from it, which is why they run from their blackness, which is why I see someone like Tiger Woods run from his, or you'll see someone like OJ Simpson run from his, or even Kanye West running from his now. Um, because they don't want to have Michael Jordan, uh, maybe not running from his blackness, but you know what I mean. That the obligation that we put, like, hey man, you're black and famous and powerful. They'll listen to you. So can you can you speak on all these things we're going through down here, please? And some of them are like, eh, nah. And then you get players who are like, hell yeah. And, you know, it's it's a tough battle. So we shouldn't put the onus strictly on them. It is on the more powerful people. Um, you know, owners have that power too. General managers, coaches, presidents of teams, local government. Like, they have. it's on them more than it is on the players. And we should not feel like, we should not force them into this or pressure them one way or the other. If that's a decision, like your teacher says, then you we rock. If that's not the decision, we still rock. Like that's you know, we hear you. Like I, I think that's important. The second thing is a close with uh with what Shaq said because I think I, I know enough about the guys in the Seahawks locker room to know that even though Shaq was the only person who spoke, what he said just now is probably where the team is at, generally speaking, in terms of if you're wondering, are the Seahawks gonna play week one? Are they gonna boycott their game against the Falcons? This is probably where they're at with it. But as of right now, we just focus on week one. You know, I feel like everybody in this locker room probably don't even know what's going on. You know, like I said, I, I heard it from a text. So um, at this point, we just got to figure out what's best for us. But uh, we keeping our focus on Atlanta Falcons week one and try to finish this camp out strong. There's been... Chris, we're going to talk about some football stuff. There's been two people who I think everyone keeps asking me about them and... Uh, Jamal's one of them. Jamal didn't play in the scrimmage. Uh, that was on Wednesday. But D- DK Metcalf did, Chris, and I really think 
that oh man Quentin Dunbar made like a Julio Jones comparison I heard that oh man alright and it's excited. one that I've been thinking since I've been watching this guy all camp I'm like I'm thinking it in my head but I don't want to jump the gun because Julio is like one of the all time greats and I don't want to be hot take guy but mm, speaking of hot takes, just throwing it out there. In my head, <laughs> I'm just like, that's exactly what Julio's got to look like in practice. Like, unstoppable, big as hell, fast, and it just shows up. Like, no one can guard this guy, right? I wrote a story about the, um, the receiver position today uh, in the athletic, and I opened it with it. I spent most of it on DK, right? I opened it, him arguing with one of his teammates, like, you can't guard me, you can't guard me. Like, after one play, he was like, man, somebody come get this guy some help because he just can't guard me. I'm like, oh, my God, DK, you got to chill out. But it's like he feels that way because it's true. Can't nobody guard this guy. Like, you just can't. I mean, Shaq and Trey and Dunbar and, like, other corners do, like, a decent job. Like, they do. Like, Shaq does probably the best job. But you can't really guard him. Like, you just can't. And it doesn't help the defender's case that you can't do anything on the ball right now in practice for the most part. They can a little bit, but you got to be careful. And then the first team offense goes against the second team defense a lot. And a damn sure nobody on the second team defense that could do nothing um, with this guy at all. Like he had a touchdown in the mock game from, uh, from Russ. It, it was probably, I think it was the same exact play from the Pittsburgh game. We had a touchdown there, Pittsburgh down the uh, left sideline, uh, just burnt the dude. DK might be, he might already be, like, their second best offensive player. Like, Tyler's really good. He's really, 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 really good. DK has a chance, I think, to be, like, the league's best receiver. By, like, the end of the season, coming up, DK has a chance, like, maybe not in this offense, but another one, to be like, yo, number 14 on the Seahawks is the best player in the league. And it's really hard to go into too much detail because the Seahawks limit what we can report and stuff like that, but... I watch him every day, and I'm just like, how in the world can they not want to throw every play? Because I would throw it to him every single play. Fellas, it's about that time to unveil your summer body. Well, are you even prepared to show off the summer body? Beaches are opening up. The sun is out. Stay six feet apart from everyone. And also, Manscaped is here to make sure that your body is ready for the wild, whether that be at the beaches, you name it. Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full body grooming game. Yes, you heard that right. Level up your full body grooming game. They have forever changed the grooming game with their perfect package 3.0. You also find the Crop Reviver, a below the belt toner that's designed to give you a pep in your step and a great smell. How could you turn all that down? Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. And for a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, $39 value, and the patented high-performance anti-shaping Manscaped boxer briefs. So go to manscaped.com today and use code THEATHLETIC20. Yeah, and one of the things that stood out to me is this confidence. Telling another guy, another teammate, you can't guard me. That is what you love to see, and that means he is maturing. He was barking that day, And too. he is feeling himself. And that's what you want out of someone that can be an all-time great receiver. You want them to feel that way. Yes, other receivers, some receivers don't talk like Ty Lockett. He, nah, he doesn't say anything. Ty Lockett doesn't talk at all. He go, he just goes out there, gets touchdowns, do a little touchdown celebration, go back to the sideline. Yep, that's DK it. will that's be it. barking in your face now, and that's I love to see it. That means he's he's moving on to that next level 
of tiers when it comes to wide receivers. And this is only his second year. I mean, what we're going to see from him in about two weeks, I can't wait. I really can't. And fantasy-wise, I'm sure people out there are wondering, do I take DK? I mean, he's still... Where do I take DK? He's, I don't think... This is why the Julio thing, I don't want to lean into it too much because he just won't be able to put up the numbers. Not because of talent, just because in this offense. I mean, Julio had a year where he got 200 targets. Like That's you know, not going to happen you know, in the Seahawks offense. Julio's only had fewer than 100 targets in a full season once, right, I think, and that was his rookie year. You know, Julio gets the ball. Right? Yeah. He gets the ball thrown at him a lot. You know, he and that's he's a number one receiver, so he'll get number one targets. I don't know if DK will be their number one guy in targets or catches or whatever. But damn it, he should. Like, and I, you know, uh, Schottenheimer said something interesting to, uh, what was that, Tuesday, Monday, whenever he said it. And <laughs> it spoke to, like, because it's one thing to just be barking at folks, but if, if you match it with work ethic and a hint of humility and with the pursuit of greatness, like, at the, you know, the underlying theme of it, then it's powerful. And, I, and Shadi spoke to that really well. I could see it already, but I included it in my story as well that what Shadi said you know, about how bad DK wants to be one of those all-time, like, great players, I think that's really important. I mean, this guy is an unbelievable worker. He wants to be great. I mean, he wants to be one of the best of all time. Um, you know, he doesn't win every matchup, but when he doesn't win the matchup, he takes it personally, and he doesn't he doesn't shy away. He wants to jump back up there. Um, you know, sometimes these guys, you know, that are that are really great players and they're young, you know, after having some success – in other places, right? They tend to kind of relax a little bit and they step out of line for one-on-ones or they step out of line in a competitive two minute period. This guy doesn't take any plays off. I mean, this guy absolutely attacks his, his, his job. He just attacks it. And, um, the look in his eye, the way he works has been, um, pretty awesome. I can't see DK's helmet and see his eyes, but I could, I know exactly what Shadi was talking about when he said that. And there's something I can feel a lot of things at practice. Like I can feel DK's like pursuit of greatness. And I, I wrote today that that's very important. Um, they got to have somebody who wants that. They got to have somebody who on third and whatever, if Jalen Ramsey's lining up against him, he's got to be able to win. Right. If like look at the shutdown corners they're going to play this year. Chadavius White, Stephen Gilmore, Jalen Ramsey twice, Patrick Peterson twice, Richard Sherman twice. I'm missing one. There's a. Uh, no, maybe maybe that's it. So I mean that's I mean that's a lot though. That was half of their games against teams who have a shutdown outside guy, a good one too. Like all none of those guys were scrubs, you know. So I think I don't the Cowboys have one too. Maybe, maybe. Byron Jones safety. No, oh, he no no he left. Yeah. Um, okay, maybe, maybe they don't. Maybe I'm tripping. But I mean, look at that. That's like you're like playing you two two of the best corners in the league, Jalen and um, Gilmore. Like you got to have he's got to have that mentality, and I and I like that. The other thing I can feel is uh. It's Jamal. Like, this dude, man. Again, I can't give away too much of what happens at practice because Seahawks think that trick plays and formations are state secrets, which is annoying. But put it this way. The juice that Jamal has at practice, everyone feels it, right? It's not just the defense. Like, he goes crazy and talks a bunch of trash. And, you know, like, if he makes a play, like, the other day, he uh, he cracked. Uh, on a, It was a run play to his side. He cracked Cedric Bowie put his shoulder in his, a buoy's chest and drove him back. He didn't fall, but he, he was, whoo. And then someone came in behind him and made the tackle. Perfect play. And uh, you, he looked right at, right at, the, right at us on the sideline like, see, I'm a dog too. I'm a dog too. Don't, don't, no, uh-uh, don't bring that over here. And I was like, oh, okay. 
That's what he do. And then he lets the running back coach, Chad Morton, they go back and forth all the time at practice. Like, blah, 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 defense this. Chad's like, nah, offense this. Right? You can feel that. And then, like, it hypes up Bobby or hypes up a Shaq. And then it hypes up everyone, Quanjay. And then when the offense wins, oh, they letting Jamal know. They right in his face. Chad Morton's running the full length of the field. Like, I told you, Jamal. What's up? Jamal, get your man. Like, it's it's good energy. It's great because they don't have the preseason games to get that naturally. So the fact that they're, like, getting it, you know, with you know, amongst each other. And then they just all can, like, be cool after. I haven't seen no fighting or nothing like that. I haven't seen a camp fight all year, which is probably good. That's fine. Even though I love a good camp fight. Like, the, the juice, he's independent of the plays he makes. He gets sacks and whatever, but the the energy is there, and I haven't seen that since 2017. It was there. That was The energy was definitely in 2017 training camp, but right now it's very clear, like, what Jamal's doing is infectious. Everyone can feel it. Everyone's vibing off of it for good, for better or for worse. Like, I think the cornerbacks are feeding off of what DK is bringing too. Like when DK was arguing, his teammate was like, "No, I'll guard you right now. I'm locking you up. What are you talking? About? I'm locking you up." You know, and then it go. You know, you you've been in those before, Chris. That's the type of juice they need on both sides of the ball. I don't know necessarily if it'll manifest itself in like a Super Bowl or anything like that, but it's a start. It's a start. Yeah, it's, it's the beginning it's steps. The, it's that attitude. Like when I describe DK now, I don't say he just has size, strength, and speed. I say he has size, strength, speed, and attitude because he has the attitude of a winner. You know, at least the type of dog I like. I like that type. You can be a winner like Russ, too, laid back, Tyler, too. Like <laughs> yeah. Bobby's pretty quiet. He's a winner, obviously. But, but you do like a guy that's out there letting you I know. I like a dog sometimes. Like, hey, man, I'm, you're not going to catch this ball. Period. I think None. Chad Johnson did it that way, but he did it in a more funny way. He was definitely a lot more humorous. <laughs> I mean, Very. Jamal's funny, too. But well, we're yeah. talking about DK. DK's not funny, I don't think. Is he, no, is DK's he, not funny. Yeah, he's not. No, 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 no. There's no, no, no. ha, that was funny, DK. It's like, oh, no. you're dead serious. You know, it's like, oh, okay, you must want to fight me. Like, <laughs> and then no, they, don't, they don't fight. That's <laughs> that's fine. Uh, yeah, the, But I get the point. Those yeah. two have probably been the most important players, I think, at practice in terms of what they're bringing in terms of their energy. You know, obviously Russ is the best player, and Bobby's the best on his side of the ball, and Dwayne's really important, and, you know, Tyler Lockett, and. Quandre is important, Shaq. There's so many important pieces to the D-line. When you're if you're affecting everyone else, you ain't even got to catch a ball. Like when DK was arguing, he didn't even catch the ball. It went the other way. The play didn't even involve him, but he just got open. And he was like, you know Letting what? Him know. You can't guard me. The ball didn't even come to my way, and you can't guard me. Like, you know how much balls you got to have for that? Yeah, it was... I wouldn't say that to somebody. I'm open and they didn't even throw it to me. <laughs> yeah, that was. <laughs> and then after that later in practice, he was like, somebody come get him some help. I'm cooking him. I'm like, goodness. How many targets you got? That was another time when the ball didn't come to him. <laughs> like, that was. Even if, even if Jamal's on the sideline and one of these third string guys makes a play, he lets him know, like, this is what we do. Jamal had one. Uh, this is my last thing on it. Uh, I know we got a wrap. Jamal had one where he, uh, he called out the play to. Um, he was on the sideline, but he called it out to the defense. He's like, it's a run. It's a run. Right? What do you know? It's, it's a, a run. run. To the to the same side he was talking about, and I think it was Ben Burkirvin ends up blowing up the run play. Right? Because Jamal told him where – I think he told him which side it was going to go to, too. Like, he just knows. That that dude is a different cat. Like, I, I still don't know if it's going to be enough to justify trading the two first-round picks. Like, the on-field product will have to match. But so far, from what I can see, that's not just like, oh, he made a big play. He's doing that other stuff that you can tell the Jets didn't want to let go. Like he's bringing the he's bringing the noise, bringing the funk, and you need that. You need a t- defense got to be nasty. You can't have a bunch of goody two shoes on defense. They got to be nasty, tongue out, spitting, cussing at you, a bunch of profanity. I like that. 
I, I like that on the defensive side of the ball. Jamal has been bringing that, and you could tell it's kind of elevating everyone. It got Russ mad one day. Russ, you could see him yelling at his offense like, yo, come on. It was dropping passes. They was getting the ball knocked down, and Russ was like, what, what are we doing? You know, And then Russ started throwing heaters, You know, and then the offense picked it up. But that was started from the defense having that edge, and it just made everyone – better like that's what this team needs and without preseason games you got to manifest that for the whole what's it four weeks of camp then by the time you get to the falcons you just beat the snot out of them and get back on the plane that's how it should be if they don't boycott if they don't if they don't yeah well we want to thank everybody for listening to the seahawks man to man podcast we appreciate all the love and support make sure to rate review the podcast on apple Podcasts. mike where can they follow you at on twitter uh mike dugar thank you guys for listening um Wash your damn hands. Black Lives Matter. Those are like all two things that go in hand in hand. Now it's like the pandemic and anti-racism. It's just like everything's in, intertwined right now. It's a lot. And if, if you're listening to this, you you black man or woman, like we got you. You know your mental's probably you probably struggling right now mentally, emotionally. You're angry. I feel you. We're gonna get through it. We we gonna be all right. What Tupac say? Keep your head up. Uh, we, we gonna be all right. Other than that, we'll catch y'all later. We out. Time to your bag and the color on your lip, yeah.